Hello, my name is Lilian Ogazi and this is Nigeria Daily. Nigerian students stranded in Sudan has somewhat drawn the attention of Nigerians to the happening in Sudan. To some, Sudan is just like Nigeria, especially with the shared religious beliefs, amongst others. Of recent, some experts are of the opinion that what is currently playing out in Sudan would most likely occur in Nigeria one day. How possible is that? What is actually playing out in Sudan and how did it start? Well, let's take some history lessons, as Daily Trust Consultant Editor educates us. My name is Yusuf Zango. I work for a general consultant, uh, Daily Trust. Like uh, every other African country, Sudan had its own unique problems, which were largely to do with how uh, um, the country is ruled. Um, but largely it's uh, unique because of the long-drawn uh, war between it and its southern part. You know, largely you find the southern part is dominated by the blacks, and largely they are, n- are not Arabs and they are not Muslims. So this uh, uh, call for their agitation to cut off from Sudan to get their own independence, uh, which was then the movement was then led by John Garang. I think uh, later on he died in a plane crash some uh, times in uh, uh, early 2000. I can't remember actually the date. But the war continued at the same time. Negotiations continued between the two sides until 2011, July 1st, when uh, Southern Sudan got its own independence. Largely, I think the war was fueled also by the fact that there is uh, oil deposit, actually oil prospecting in the southern part of the country. So part of the agreement was that uh, Sudan will also benefit because the irony about the oil uh, oil in southern Sudan, it could not, it doesn't have a, a outlet to the sea. So it had to negotiate with Sudan, which is by the coastal side, which has a coastal uh, border, be able to transport the crude oil outside the country or to international market. So largely, it happened and uh, they reached an agreement and there was a peaceful coexistence between the two uh, true sides. Although even within the southern Sudan, they had their own dispute and because the two strong people who could not agree. So there has been a civil war also in southern Sudan after it gained independence. So you're saying oil also led to probably what happened in Sudan? No, not 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 really, because what uh, happened later was uh, like um, mostly uh, from 2019 or a little bit before then. But uh, just in line with what happened in other uh, neighboring Arab, uh, Arab countries. You remember from Tunisia, the Arab Spring which saw to the downfall of uh, the leader in Tunisia, uh, the leader in Egypt, and the Libyan strongman Muammar Gaddafi. So in 2019, there was also a, an uprise, civilian uprise, which showed, saw the downfall of uh, the strongman, Omar al-Bashir, who has been ruling the country for nearly 20 years. So from then on, there was an interim government, which... Uh, was a combination of the military and the civilians with the promise that there will be a, a return to democracy sooner or later. But in between, there was a gap because they could not agree. Uh, later on, in 2021, the military came in, sacked the civilian interim prime minister and took over the reins of the government until uh, now when 
the whole thing. Uh, even then, there was a coalition of a group which was insisting that the military should return the country to the democracy. But they had uh, held on to it until now when they had this uh, dispute between the military and the leader of the RSF, that's the volunteer force, which led to this uh, civil uh, civil war. It's a lot, more or less a civil war now there. In. So was there a very point where Sudan was peaceful and beautiful and, you know, there were none of these things happening? No, you, you can say uh, it's just like uh, any other African. You can say it. Uh, I, I, in my, my life, I've never known Sudan to be that uh, peaceful without any, because the long drawn war, apart from what was happening in then southern Sudan, we have the Janjaweed also in the Darfur region. And so many other places where you have uh, uh, uprisings, uh, the rebel, rebels were looking for their own piece of land. Also, you know, Sudan is a vast country, so uh, you, you are, tend to have that. So you can say Sudan has been peaceful, but largely, yeah, because things have been going normal under both Nemeri, uh, briefly, Al-Mahdi came in as a civilian, then uh, Al-Bashir toppled Al-Mahdi. And uh, it continued. They have been living under dictatorship. People ordinarily uh, living their own lives according to the situation. But largely, in 2019, you find that they, uh, they, they took well, from what happened in their neighboring countries, other countries, and they are a siege and uprising against al-Bashir. With what played out in Sudan, or how Sudan, the things that have played out in Sudan, is there any similarities between that and what is happening in Nigeria? Well, I wouldn't say we have uh, to that extreme uh, asset now. We, largely, you know, we blow hot and cold in this country. Uh, but uh, the similarity was that now what is happening largely is a civil war in Sudan, which we have had in the early, in the last sixties. Uh, we remember the civil war. So the thing, the lesson to learn is that if the people, we should try to agree whatever our differences are and avoid war because uh, as it now, uh, Sudanese are on their own. You see the international community is not putting in much pressure and it's very difficult even to, to reach a, a compromise or a peaceful resolution until these two principal actors are done away with. And they are very strong in the country and they are ready to hold on to it. That was Malam Yusuf Zango, consultant editor, Daily Trust, speaking. Is there anything Nigeria can take home from Sudan? After the break, we would find out. You are welcome back. This is Nigeria Daily coming to you from Daily Trust. In this episode, we are asking if what has played out in Sudan over the years might most likely play out in Nigeria. Now, before we went on break, we spoke to Malam Yusuf Zango, Daily Trust consultant editor, who gave us a brief background to what played out in Sudan and how the crisis got to where it is today. From his explanation, cessation of power, clamor for division, protesting groups, and natural resources, and even civil war, which played out in Sudan, have either played out in Nigeria or is currently playing out in Nigeria at the moment. Is there a possibility Nigeria might fall into what is currently playing out in Sudan in the near future? Well, let's hear from a public affairs analyst. Yeah, my name is Komarisali Udantate Mahmoud, a public affairs analyst. Yes, uh, even though we had our own flesh of it uh, during the civil war, I think most of the things we need to learn from it 
is that what peace failed to achieve the possibility of uh, violence achieving it is zero in the sense that as a country we have lived in harmony as one you know sort of tribe and religion and you can see fortunately we're a secular state where during christmases muslims goes to the homes of uh, christians during uh, most of the salahs uh, christians also come to our homes so we need to, irrespective of our political affiliation, religious belonging, our ethnic group, we need to embrace this peace. As we can even see from the evacuation of only few Nigerians that are sudden there, it was that difficult. So that is to say, when there is war, you even get to see your brother, your loved son, your mother, your sister, your cousin, your nephew, your niece. So the issue is that no matter how worst peace is, it is better to live in peace and be poor than living in war and be rich because riches do not trend in war. Only peace makes things to move. Somalia has become a country due to intolerance of the citizens. Uh, Libya as well has failed. Look at uh, a lot of African countries like Sierra Leone, Liberia, even though today they are getting on track. How was Liberia before they look at even the genocide in Rwanda, how it reduced Rwanda until Paul Kagame is trying to rebuild it. So therefore, as Nigerians, we should try as much as possible to be positive. You can even see 2020, when NSAS came, is only God that saved us. So we should try our foreign detractors and their domestic collaborators to tell them that, come, we, we love Nigeria, and no matter how worse it is, we continue to embrace this. And that is why I'm appreciating groups like uh, a group, United Summit Friends Development Association, that recently made a use to work to show that we need to further unite and enforce unity. So also, I think tomorrow they are marching to National Assembly, so which is good. So we should take our responsibility as citizens serious, that we have roles to play. And what are the important roles we need to play? By preaching message of peace. You see there is Nigeria Interreligious Council, NIREC where you have traditional rulers, clergy, imams, and others. Over time, they've been promoting, enlightening, sensitizing, and preaching about peace. So if our elder statesmen, clergy, imams, and other important people that we look upon and onto will promote peace and unity, who are we as citizens? So we should try as much as possible to embrace peace and let peace reign. Leaders come and go. If somebody contests now and he or she is not fortunate, 2027 is just a matter of four years. So I think this is a message I would like to give to Nigerians. Okay. Uh, looking at what you've mentioned, I believe uh, a lot of Nigerians would be asking, what benefit are those that are in war or those that are igniting war driving from the violence? Can you briefly tell us what are the you know forces behind the proliferation of war in Africa. Why do we have consistently issue of power, you know, being the source of war in Africa? Uh, the issues are, uh, if you take from historical perspective, most of uh, these uh, elites that are unpatriotic and disgruntled in Africa that know the sweetness of power only invoke that in order to destabilize. If you take example, most of the times you see why they go is when they have disagreement as an area of sharing formula, political leadership, power, and others, not for the interest of the people. Like that of Sudan, for instance, from intelligence findings, 
most of the leaders they are fighting for what this ought to the person ought to annex to himself, the other one not for the interest of the Sudanese people. Because the, there is gold mine, you know, there, and over time they've been in control of it. So most of the times it is the power that makes them to create and cause this uh, panic and war, not the interest of the people. Because if it's the interest of people, they will have been much more concerned about development, human capacity building, and all sorts of other things. Most of them travel abroad and they see a lot of what these foreign leaders do. But back home, they do the opposite. So I think it is self-centered interest, uh, lust for power and love for wealth that makes them to disagree. At the time, they sit down when this person sees that this person is outshining or I'm supposed to at this time do this and that. At the end of the day, they do things at the detriment of people. Look at the countries that have failed in Africa, for instance. If you look into it, it is no more than power and economic strength. So, and it's not for, it's not people oriented. Until we wake up from slumber and start electing or confiding in only leaders that have prudency, integrity, patriotism, and interest of people and country at heart. Outside that, it cannot be. Even most of these countries that witness uprisings, it is not people driving. They instigated and ignited it, misinforming people, having hidden agenda as leaders. So it is an elitist issue in Africa and where it is happening across the world. And we must, as the lead and followership, shine our eyes and confide in only people that will feel, have respect for legacy than just their individual and material acquisition. That was Comrade Salihu Mahmoud Dantata speaking with my colleague Mohamed Awel Suleiman. Oh well, we hope for the best for Nigeria. God bless Nigeria. Now with that, we've come to the end of this episode of Nigeria Daily. Thank you so much for listening. To all the voices that contributed to making the show a big success, we say a big thank you. My name is Lilian Ogazi. Bye for now.